Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Fantastic. Okay, we're continuing our series, This Is Me. And uh, we've been looking at uh, this verse of uh, Scripture, Matthew 16, and uh, we're going to read it to you one more time. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you, you are Peter. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And over the last few weeks, we've been going over this verse, discovering how we and the church are so closely related. We've been looking at the fact that the church and who we are as individuals are closely tied together. That just like a physical body, you can't separate a part of the body and say that that's a different item, that each part of our physical body only exists because of the body. And Jesus, um, when he um, speaks to Peter, Peter gets a revelation. And that revelation that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ. He is the anointed one. He is the son of the living God. And on that revelation, Jesus says, I build my church. And then he says, and you are Peter. And he names Peter. And Peter gets his identity through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And through his ministry within the church, that the two are linked together. And we often, in today's society, everyone wants to discover who they are and how they function and and what is it about life and what do I do and and how do I do it and how do I fit in. And you know, a lot of people often in life don't really feel like they fit in. You know, I I think that actually, I think there are probably some people here today that you you always feel like you're, you're one of the people on the outside looking in. And it doesn't matter how much you get inside, you still feel like you're outside. Hello? Um, There are some people like that here. I I want you to know right now um, that that's okay. Uh, It's okay to feel like you're on the outside looking in. Why? Well, because you have a very different perspective. It's just that's the way God created you. I, I want you to know, and I don't even know why I'm going down this road right now because it's not in my message, but I, I want you to know right now, if you always feel like you're on the outside looking in, it's not the people you're looking into that's the issue. The issue is you. And I'm telling you this because my entire life, I've always felt like I'm on the outside looking in. I've never felt like I'm part of the crowd. I've never felt like I was part of the group. I've never felt like... I existed, and maybe that's just hum- humanity, that's mankind, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it because I discovered that I have a perspective and a view of what's going on because of the very nature of the way God created me. Yeah. 
And I realized that I am not separated. I'm not isolated. I haven't been kept out of the, the group. I'm not somebody who isn't loved or valued. Um, I, Cheryl and I were young adults leaders uh, of, a, um, uh, of a YADS group. It was known as the 20s for obvious reasons. We were all 20-something. And uh, we were the leader of this group many years before we were in ministry. And, we lead, and even as the leader, I felt like I was on the outside looking in. And it's at that moment I began to realize something. Hang on a sec. This is about me. It's not about them. If, I, if the leader doesn't feel like you're part of the group. And, uh, and we were there at the beginning. You know, we formed the group. It's not like we came and joined a group. We, we formed it. And uh, we led it. And we saw it grow to, to 70 young adults. And we saw that thing explode. And, and still I felt like I was on the outside looking in. Um, and, and so it's at that moment in time I began to discover that I am part of the body of Jesus Christ and that I have an identity and a ministry and a purpose and a call. It's just that I do so from a different perspective. And I want you to know that right now, if that's you, that you do it from a different perspective and that you have a, you have a gift and a call upon your life. You know, I want to speak about the kingdom of God this morning. And... <laughs> You know, the, the kingdom of God uh, is an aspect, is a subject for which the church um, has... There was actually a few years ago a craze that went around like this. A message came out. Jesus didn't talk about the church. He talked about the kingdom. We shouldn't talk about the church. We should talk about the kingdom. It was an insane message, completely stupid uh, and not true. Um, Jesus, Jesus birthed the church. We are the body of his church. It is all about the church, but it's also all about the kingdom. To say it's not about uh, the church because, it's, because Jesus spent more time talking about the kingdom is like saying to someone who's trying to lose weight, yeah, yeah, it's not about exercise, it's about diet. It's like saying to someone who wants to make their calf go faster, yeah, it, it's, not, it's not about the, uh, the tires, it's about the engines. Do you understand? It's, it's, it's like trying to divide up something that is one thing and say it's not about that, it's about this. Well, I, hello, it's about the kingdom of God, it's about the church. The two are not, you can't separate them. You see, the church is the body of Jesus Christ and the kingdom is the place in which the church exists. It is the, the see, a kingdom is a realm upon which a king rules. And we are in the realm of God. The church exists within that realm, and that realm gives us rights, it gives us rules, it gives us functions. And this morning I want us to understand how Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God. It says in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, and verse 23, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease from among the people. Now this is Matthew 4. It's the story of when Jesus had just come out of the wilderness. He had spent 40 days fasting, having been baptized by John the Baptist. He came up and he went into the wilderness. He spent 40 days and he was 40 days of being tempted by the enemy. It was a horrible 40 days of his life, possibly the worst 40 days of his life until he came to the point of the crucifixion. It was possibly the hardest point 
and certainly the hardest point of his life at that, to that date. And so Jesus came through the wilderness and he, became, he came having coming out the other side. He gathered around him um, Peter uh, and his brother Andrew and John and his brother James. And he gathered them to himself and he was gathering his disciples. And as he did so, he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And so the gospel of the kingdom is the description of the good news about a kingdom or a realm and how it lives and how it operates. It's a little bit like someone coming over. You always, there are certain nationalities that come over to this country and tell us how amazing their country is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but we live close enough to Holland to know it's not true. So... <laughs> So people, particularly from Australia, because very few people get to go and they just talk about 300 days of sunshine a year. and They don't, they don't mention the snakes or spiders or anything else like that. Uh, the fact that anything, just about anything can kill you. And, and so they come and they just describe this country. What are they doing? They are preaching the gospel of their realm. That's what they're doing. And so when Jesus came, he was preaching the gospel of his realm. He was preaching the gospel of his kingdom. He was describing how his kingdom operated. That he was part of a realm, part of a legal system, part of a structure of life, part of something which was better than the realm that they were already at this point in time living in. And he was then demonstrating to them by healing people the power of that realm. It's a little bit like um, people who come, we've got um, uh, pastors in, in Bulgaria, uh, and one of our pastors in Bulgaria lives um, at Bishop Stortford, which is, for, for those of you who don't know where that is, that's Stansted Airport. It's the village that is at, and that's where he lives. He lives, he, he pastors a church, it's the biggest church in Bulgaria, and he lives in Bishop Stortford. It's a great, he, he just flies home every weekend. And uh, he also runs a number of businesses. And uh, he, he runs those businesses to, to finance the ministry of Bulgaria because it's a very poor country and it has a very poor um, sort of function of life because of the poverty. It doesn't have a good um, infrastructure, doesn't have a good health service and all of those things. So he, he lives, he lives he, he's spending time living here so that he can powerfully make an influence in Bulgaria because here we've got a good country and we've got a good health service and we've got great finances and from that he's able to create a great ministry and a great work in Bulgaria. Sounds fair, doesn't it? I'd do that. And so he lives in one realm to make an impact into another realm. And, but there are people in Bulgaria who, who can't make that. And so he goes over there and he demonstrates to them with the, that which he's gained from this realm. And he's demonstrating to them by sharing the wealth of this realm with their realm so that they are able to t get a taster and get a feel for what they could have. The life they could live in. That's what Jesus is doing. He's walking amongst, his, amongst the children of Israel and he's demonstrating to them that there is a better, wealthier, more prosperous realm that they could live in. At that point in time, they had lived for thousands of years under the influence of the law, 
and then also under the oppression of other rulers. For instance, uh, the Babylonians came and took them over and then they were basically controlled by different powerful realms until the point of Jesus when they were being controlled by the Romans. And so they were not only controlled by a religious law upon which they could never fully find freedom, but they were also controlled by other laws and other systems and those laws were there to control their life and it it kept people in poverty it kept the poor poor and the rich rich that was the world that's and we know that story hasn't changed throughout the centuries that's that's what all the epic battles and fights and the the idea of the the ideology of politics within nations it all comes down to the quality of life that you're trying to fight for and the common man and the rich man and everyone's fighting their corner. Isn't that life? But Jesus comes and he says, I'm coming to give to you a kingdom that you've never seen or understood. And he begins to not only preach the gospel, to demonstrate the gospel. He begins to demonstrate a realm upon which if you believe in him and understand that realm, you can live in a different type of place. And so this morning, I want to go through with you and understand that, you see, every kingdom has its rules. And we live in a country obsessed with rule making. Every day, you've got some politician saying, we want to just change the law. They see something happening and we've got to make a law to, to change it. Everyone's obsessed with making rules. You get into Europe and the European Union and they're even more obsessed with making even more rules. And everyone wants to make rules. Now, some of those rules have benefits. For instance, we have very strict motoring laws. And we don't always like them. We feel like some of the motoring laws that It'd be nice to drive just a little bit faster on some roads, wouldn't it? But we all know that those rules have benefits. Those benefits are we have one of the safest roads in the world. And within Europe, Europe has some of the safest driving because we have some of the strictest rules. So we are constrained by a rule, but we receive a benefit from that constraint. Does that make sense to you? We, we pay a lot of... We have a country that's very strict on taxation and, and avoiding tax. And, and nobody wants to pay tax because you feel like your money's being robbed from you, don't you? So it's like, taking my money and robbing. But the reality is that that taking of money from you, it actually goes to create a great country. Everyone... Nobody wants to have pay tax, but everyone wants to live in a great country. And... You can go to Greece and nobody pays tax and nobody's quite sure whether it's great or not. <laughs> that probably wasn't the best thing to say in church, right? <laughs> they, so you, you've got countries that don't have great laws and then they don't have great benefits. And so we live in countries that have laws and the laws constrain you to something that you don't necessarily want to do, but that constraint brings a benefit. And sometimes you have laws and they, they don't bring benefits. Now, the kingdom of God has its own rules. A lot of people say, I've been separated from the law. Well, you've been separated from the law of condemnation, but now you've stepped into a kingdom that has a different legal system. Let me read to you Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Paul is speaking to the Roman church and he's telling them, 
that in their world we are no longer constrained by one system because we don't live in that kingdom anymore. We now live in the kingdom of God. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, uh, in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. See, we are not under a law of condemnation, but we are now under a law of faith in Christ Jesus, that we might live according to the law of the Spirit of life in Christ. See, the kingdom of God is knowing what legal system you live under. You want to be in the church, in the body of Jesus Christ, we have to understand that God came to bring a law. There is no laws are the boundaries which hold stuff together. You have a law of gravity. It is, a, it, is, it is not a legal document voted by politicians. It's a, it's a fact of life. It is a law. If I jump off here, I will fall to the bottom. There is also a law of aerodynamics. The law of aerodynamics is greater than the law of gravity. As long as you obey the law of aerodynamics... When the law of aerodynamics is broken at any point, the law of gravity takes over. (laughs) And this is the fact of our existence. That Jesus Christ came to set us free from the law of condemnation, the law of sin and death, which came to destroy you, which came to bring a curse upon your life, which came to rob hope from your life and we are now being set free and we now live according to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and that is a law which we have to give ourselves to it says that those who live according to the spirit and not the flesh live according to the law of the spirit of life what a great law it's a law like aerodynamics it lifts us up rather than pulling us down And when you have a great legal system, you have a great kingdom. We live in Europe in great legal systems. Not always the best legal systems, but I think they're good. How do we know they're good? Because everybody wants to come here. It's true. And I think they should. I'll stop the politics right there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because God's given us something amazing to live in. Amen? Now, God has given us a kingdom with a great legal system. And it's the king, it's the legal system of the law of the spirit of life. The Bible also calls it the royal law. And we are here to understand. If you understand the law, then you can live according to the benefits of the law. Turn with me, will you, to the book of Luke. Luke is the second book of the New Testament. It's the Gospel of Luke. <coughs> sorry, what did I say? Matthew, Mark, Luke, sorry, third. 
I knew something was wrong as soon as I said it. I should read my Bible more often. <laughs> Third book. Not so foolish. And, uh, <clears throat> and it's the story of a woman who is healed in amongst a whole... Jesus is on his way to heal a child. And while he's on the way, people are gathering around him. It's a point in his ministry life. It's the, it's the pinnacle of his ministry life when everyone wants a bit of Jesus. He's the hero of the moment. And he's walking around and people are crowding around and they're touching him. They want a bit. But there is a woman. It says in Luke's Gospel 8.43, it says, Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately a flow of blood stopped and Jesus said who touched me when all denied it Peter and those who were with him said master the multitudes throng and press you and you say you touched me but Jesus said somebody touched me for I perceive power going out from me Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her daughter, be of good cheer, your faith has made you well, go in peace. You see, in the natural world, this woman lived according to laws. She was a Jewish woman and she had a flow of blood which meant she was unclean, which meant she wasn't allowed to touch anybody. Right? So she's already breaking the law. But the law she lived under was breaking her and condemning her. We see people in the world today, they live in nations with laws which break them. And we say to them, that shouldn't happen. We live in a kingdom of God and we've got to understand when we see people broken, we live in a kingdom which has a different legal system. It's a system. So when she looked at Jesus, she took part of a legal system. It was her healing was her legal right, according to the kingdom of God. Now it says he t- she touched her cloth. In some translations it says the corners of her robes. Some translations it says his wings. The Bible says in Malachi, the Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. It's definitely the last book, isn't it? It's the last book of the Old Testament. It's the last chapter in the Old Testament. It says, and the, I'm, just, I'm not sure anymore. And he says, and the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. Now in the wings of the great priests and scribes and everything, they wore the robes within the wings was tied the promises and the covenant law of God. And so when she reached out, she looked at Jesus, her healer, and she grabbed a hold of a covenant promise which was greater than the law that was oppressing her, was a greater law. It was the law of the kingdom of God. It was the law that healed her and set her free. So we understand that the kingdom is a greater kingdom. It's a greater realm. It's a realm which has a legal system that sets you free. We've got to understand the centurion, he understood that better than anyone. The centurion is a man who was a Roman soldier. He had no, at this point, no covenant right to it, anything at all. For he was part of an oppressive governmental power. And the centurion comes 
and says to Jesus, and says, and centurion answered and said, um, sorry, I completely cut and paste the wrong part of scripture. But this centurion comes and he asks Jesus to heal his servant. He's got a servant who's sick and he sees Jesus ministering in power. And Jesus says, I will come to your house. And it says here, and, says, and he says, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I've not found such great faith, not even in Israel. What was it that the centurion saw? He saw a legal system and a structure of authority. Jesus was operating according to the law of the kingdom of God. He was preaching the gospel of a legal system. You see, many people, Christians, we are struggling to be here. We're struggling with the kingdom of God because we live in one world and we're trying to get the benefits of another. You know, when when we want to go on holiday, um, you know what? There's nothing like, actually, Greece, Italy, Spain, Portugal. I want to keep some people happy here. And they go... There's nothing like the med, is there, for a holiday, right? And you go there, and you're like, oh, how much does the property cost here? <laughs> Everyone thinks it, you go, I could just live here, couldn't I? You could just live there, because, I mean, it's like, it's, just, it's amazing, yeah. Don't have to rub it in. I gotta, you know, look at that tan and everything. It's, just, it's ungodly. <laughs> And, and you know, there are, you see, there are benefits of living in these countries. But you know what? You can't just, if you go there, all you do is, is touch it. But to possess it, you've got to live in it. See, the kingdom of God, the power of the supernatural life of God is found in living in the kingdom. If you live in the kingdom... The supernatural is not some mystical, mysterious, is part of the right of the kingdom of God. Jesus just operating according to a legal right. The centurion understood completely that Jesus just operated according to a different legal system. And he said, I tell people to come and they have to come. I tell them to go and they have to go. If you say a word, then it has to happen because you operate according to the legal system of your kingdom. And so we understand that in, we are here living under the kingdom of God. The church lives in the kingdom. And the kingdom gives us a legal structure that empowers us to bring life, to bring hope, and to bring redemption to all those who are oppressed by poor governmental systems. It says, let me finish on this. It says in Hebrews 12, now, Hebrews 12 is one of the great chapters. If you've never read it, I encourage you to just go home and read Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12 is this incredible chapter, and it starts off by saying, since we are, um, the, the Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith, and he speaks about this incredible life that we have in Christ, and, and how if we believe in him, believe according to his kingdom. And it says in Hebrews 12, 28, it says this, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, 
Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. What is that saying? It's saying this. Since we have live in a kingdom, let's obey the laws of that kingdom that we might receive the full benefit of that kingdom. What are the laws of the kingdom? What are the principles of that kingdom? Serving God with reverence and godly fear. You know, I want to encourage you today, as you give your heart and life to the kingdom of God, to Jesus Christ, you give yourself to the laws of the kingdom of God, a kingdom which liberates, a kingdom which brings redemption, a kingdom which brings hope, a a kingdom which brings life. You know, you may just holiday in the kingdom. You may come to church on a Sunday. It's like going to the med every weekend. But you go back home every Monday. I want to tell you, the sun shines in the kingdom of God every day. He's called the son of righteousness. And he is your healer. He is your transformer. He is the one who changes your world. Because he lives and operates according to a different legal system. And that is our legal system that he wants us to live in too. Let's stand up, shall we? This morning's message, there were so many Bible verses. I, you could preach on this every day for a year. But I, I want you to know that the supernatural life of God, the fullness of His promises, they're found in His Word, His law which He has written for us. If we give ourselves to His systems, we live in His fullness, in His kingdom, then everything is legally ours. Because that's the law of the kingdom. You get sick, you know you can go to hospital. It's legally your right to get healed, to get fixed, to get medication. It's legally yours. Well, we've got a better healer. We've got a better provider. We have a better employer. We have a better king. And we live in a better realm. And that realm is the realm of faith in Jesus Christ. And it's a realm through which we must persist and we must give our heart to. And as we are finishing off this morning, I just want to ask if there's anyone here that you know that you have wandered to and fro. You struggled with the realm of the kingdom of God because the pull of this world is so strong on your heart. You may have given your life to Jesus many years ago, but you've struggled to consistently walk it through every day. I want to encourage you today. Make your commitment strong and sure for Jesus Christ. He is your King. And He is inviting you into His kingdom. 
And if today you've never given your life to Jesus, you've seen the benefit of an amazing kingdom, but you've never understood that you can legally live here. You can be a legal citizen and have all its laws and all its rights applied to you and your name and your family and your descendants becomes your right, it becomes your inheritance. There is an incredible kingdom to be a part of. I want to encourage you today that this is your opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ. Let's pray a prayer together. This is your opportunity to say yes to Jesus and His kingdom right now. Let's all pray together. If you've never prayed this before, have courage to pray out loud with everybody else. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you gave your life for me. And I ask you to forgive me of all my wrongdoing and all my mistakes and all the laws that I've broken. And I ask you, Lord, to come into my life that I may be able to live in your kingdom. I thank you, Jesus that you welcome me in. I give my whole life to you today. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.